0: Off top, it rains diamonds on Saturn and Jupiter. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Welcome to the Dominique Foxworth Show presented by Allstate. Throw your hands up. We are here. We have our normal Sunday crew, the wonderful Bill Barnwell and
1: the normal bill barnwell (laughs) very wonderful very wonderful
0: bill barnwell and the the ruggedly handsome lumber snack himself Uh, okay (laughs) chucky kravitz is in the building y'all he's a nerd i don't know if you guys knew this or not but he's very very smart i won't embarrass him but i mean a lot of people say he did pretty good on some standardized
2: got
1: that it's got that mountain math going from what i hear
2: (laughs) guys i wasn't here on thursday and dominique that's like The longest break our relationship has had in years, and it made us stronger. Yeah, you know, can't wait to
0: vent in New York next week.
2: Distance makes the heart grow fonder. Um, (laughs) should we do some football? Let's do it. Okay. Let's go. So I'm really excited about this concept. No producer would ever think of something like this, but we came off a wonderful slate. Hold on,
0: hold on, hold on, on. Bill. I, I would like to first say that I objected to this concept, and before you all hear this concept, I would like you to imagine that this is the title of a show on Fox Sports. Proceed. Okay,
2: so we're coming off a wonderful slate of NFL football. We got the takes are flying, good teams played bad, bad teams played well, and I think we should play a game called say it with your chest <laughs> coming out of these games you guys gotta say something with your chest do
0: you believe it do you not believe it <sighs> oh on fox sports monday morning say it with your chest with <laughs> nick wright and charlie kravitz that's right all right charlie what do you want to where do you want us to go first and say things with our chest should i unbutton my shirt to do this do i have to be bare chested <laughs> <laughs> this is such a flex you want to be bare chested but
1: yeah exactly exactly <laughs> 100 dominique trying to find an excuse to take his shirt off on the show <laughs> you know One
2: time uh, I was with Dominique in New York and he took a bathroom selfie wearing a tank top. And then rather than send it to people, he just showed me the bathroom selfie. And then I saw him show it to two other people being like, the arms were looking good, weren't they? Yeah. And everyone was just like, yeah,
1: yeah, the arms are, like, sure. Were, sure, were these random people or people you knew? No, nah, just it was on the the sy- I, I could see either. I could just just random ran on people in New York. It
2: was uh, Pablo Torre, Ryan Cortez. He was, em- he was too embarrassed to show it to Jeff Saturday, even though <laughs> Jeff Saturday was on the show.
0: Jeff would have loved
2: it. I'm going to text
0: it to Jeff right he now. To,
2: he had to bully us doughy losers by showing off <laughs> the
0: arms. <laughs> I mean, sometimes your self-esteem gets a little low, and you know what you do? You beat up on your friends. That's, That's right. what any civilized human being would do. All right. So now we got to get to football, Mm -hmm. and we got to say things with our chest.
2: Okay, first game. Let's talk about the 49ers and Jaguars. The 49ers won 34-3. Brock Tober ended, and Brock Vember has begun. He played (laughs) much better in that game. So did the 49ers' defense. On the other side, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars' offense continue to struggle. Dominique, do you have a take off of this game that you want to say with
0: your chest. Absolutely. Brock Purdy's back. He's great. Blah, blah, blah. False. The 49ers have always been about this defensive line. They have been for the duration of this run. And as good as the offense can be at some times, the reason why we believe in them again is not because Brock is back. It's not because Trenton is back. It's not because Debo is back and Brock's head is clear. It's because... Chase Young came out there and woke up that defensive line. They had five sacks, ton of pressures, and that's what this game is, pre- or that's what this team is predicated on. We often think about the Cowboys as the most complimentary team that they need to get a big lead to let that defense play. I also think that the 49ers really need to have a dominant defense to allow their t- their offense many opportunities and the ability to stay multiple late in games. This wasn't a game where they needed that help because they jumped on well actually it was 13 to 3 at halftime so they didn't jump all over the jags until the end but you know what 13 3 at halftime because that damn defense was getting after people right bill
1: yeah i mean that's a really strong take to start this concept with oh. the, the offense doesn't matter for the 49ers we, we just saw in the nfc championship game last year we saw that they in fact do need an offense to beat good football teams <laughs> but I'll, I'll i'll go i'll i'll I'm going to prepare my chest. Hold up. (laughs) I got a slightly different take to put out here, which is Brock Purdy didn't play any better on Sunday than he did during that three-game losing streak. (laughs) (laughs) It was exactly the same. His first touchdown pass was a sprint out to one side of the field and then a throw across his body (laughs) to the middle of the field. The exact thing you don't want your young quarterback to do. But it worked. We shouldn't be crediting him for a great decision because it worked. It just happened to work. And then on top of that, I know Dominique just poo-pooed the idea of Trent Williams mattering, superstar left tackle mattering, of Debo Samuel, one of the best wide receivers in football mattering. Getting those guys back helped. He had so much more time to work with. He was more confident, more decisive, didn't have to panic as often. But he's still the same guy. Brock Purdy's no different today than he was before this game. How
0: did you manage to do it perfectly, to give the aggressive sports guy take that was, oh, I mean, just as wild as my take, but also still give a nice measured follow up with all of the great. Because saying that he's just as good last weekend as he was this weekend is, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit out there considering that they dominated this team. And he threw some pretty nice passes. Yeah, like there were some touchdown really, to Kittle. Yeah, really yep. impressive throws in that game.
1: But. The point I made, and this is how you know I'm a professional, I'm good at this stuff, <laughs> is I left you a little bit of meat on the bone to get to the next topic. And I said, the 49ers need a great offense to beat yep, a good team. I heard that. A little chum. But,
0: you're so good. I'm not but, doing well. I'm going to button this button back up. I've not earned to have my chest hair shown yet, but yeah, you're but, right.
1: If I had chest hair, I would show it right now, but you know I don't. <laughs> but how do are I the Jaguars, are the Jaguars legitimate competition?
0: Yeah, I mean so I had been buying into the Jaguars. They were like an under the radar team. Mm-hmm. I think that I'd been kind of believing that they're good and uh, we're predisposed so that we have all these like confirmation bias things that come into our mind and I think Trevor Lawrence falls into a category of confirmation bias where we've been told that he was great and I want him to be talent. Yeah, and I want him to be great and he has shown glimpses of greatness, but when you look up at how long he's been in the league, like we're at the point where we're kind of like, what are you going to do? What is? When are you going to step up to that level with the guys like Burrow and Allen and Mahomes? And I mean, even Lamar, as he's been up and down, has reached higher heights than, uh, than Trevor Lawrence ever has.
2: Yep. Nine touchdowns, 10 turnovers this season. And during the Jaguars' five-game winning streak, their defense created 12 turnovers in that span and really helped them out. And the the one huge playoff victory of Trevor Lawrence's career that sort of cemented him at, as this being the breakout year. You can also attribute to our good friend Brandon oh. Staley, who decided to give them back those twenty eight points in that game. You hate
1: Brandon. Gave them back, so much. handed them back with his good hands. <laughs> back said, to the Jags He said, Here, please, this is sir, for you. <laughs> take this playoff victory from us." Trevor Lawrence, I believe, turned the ball full over uh, over four times in that game. The first if half, mistaken to add to that point. Are, are we are we blaming Trevor Lawrence for this? Do you think the pieces around him are enough? Do you feel like they get the most out of the talent they have? Because I got of say, like, I don't watch Trevor Lawrence and think, oh, he's missing a ton of throws. Or, oh, he misses some here or there. Makes some bad decisions. Made some terrible choices late in this game. But it's not like I feel yeah. like, oh, he can't do this or he can't do that. Or we're seeing his limitations. But it feels like such a struggle with this offense. Like they have so many pieces where on paper you think, wow, they're really good. Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley can be a really good receiver. Travis Etienne can be awesome at times. Christian Kirk is overqualified to be your number three target. Evan Ingram has been good since joining the Jags. And yet it feels like so rarely do they have easy answers for Trevor Lawrence, whether that's because of the protection, whether it's because of uh, you know the, them not creating opportunities for their receivers, it just feels like, Trevor has to create so many times for that offense to work. And that's a big burden that only the top quarterbacks in football can handle. And we don't know if Trevor can handle that at this point.
0: That's fair. I mean, I guess that's the gift and the curse of going to Jacksonville is that he is not getting the support that he needs. That's the curse. But the gift is, you know what? We're not treating him like we would treat every other high-profile quarterback where it's like, where's that playoff win? Well, I guess they did get that playoff win. Like where, where, where is that com- consistently competitive team? He hasn't been getting that same pressure that we expect. That, I mean, I feel like it's starting to fall on another team that no one cares about, but the Chargers. Like We do it to Herbert a lot more than we do to Trevor Lawrence, but I guess it's because Trevor Lawrence got that one playoff win, which we're attributing to a negative Brandon Staley performance and not <laughs> as much as a, a positive Jags Please. game.
1: Please, sir, please, I don't want this playoff win. Please hand it, take it away from me, please.
2: Much better. Yeah, that was than you. better. That was impressive.
1: Uh, my hands on fire today. Can I say something that
2: the opposite of saying with my chest? Can I walk back something that you guys made fun <laughs> of a couple what, of weeks what ago? Body part, what is the meekest body part that you say with your feet? Uh, my, my entire body is meek. It doesn't, a couple weeks ago, you guys made fun of me for uh, calling trading at the NFL trade deadline the Howie w- Roseman effect. I would like to rename that the uh, John Lynch-Kyle Shanahan effect because it seems amazing that they've... And I know this is one game and Chase Young had half a sack, but there was a lot of press coming out this week about how uh, reinvigorated Nick Bosa and the defensive line was with Chase Young. It's sort of amazing that in back-to-back years, they've been able to not rebuild a contender but find a piece that could actually move the needle at the deadline. And that's such... You love organizational stability and institutional control that helps players succeed. As a Commanders fan, I'm genuinely excited to see someone who seemed to have a ball of talent be in a place to succeed other, in other places, and it doesn't seem like anyone is better at setting that up than the 49ers.
0: I mean, I, I think that they know what they want, and they know how to use what they want, and they know what they need. Go ahead, Bill.
1: This is like you describing like your butt. Like this is like you talking <laughs> about like I know how to use it to get what I want. Ooh. Like Ooh. me, me or Dominique.
0: Hey, Bill, Bill <laughs> knows. i would
1: say both.
0: Bill Bill knows I got a great butt. It's definitely me. I got a great butt. It sits up yeah. high, it's tight, firm. I'm quad dominant.
1: I'm, I again, no, no question. But I, we're gonna credit the Niners for this. Our, and we're gonna talk about the Christian McCaffrey situation. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in what happened at the end of this game. Mm which was the Christian McCaffrey streak oh. and the Niners who just lost Christian. who had, were missing Christian McCaffrey for a couple of plays here or there. He was banged up a player who missed most of two years of football because he was injured and a team that probably needs him to win to win a Super Bowl selling out at the end of this game to try and get him a touchdown going for it on fourth and five up like 30 points. Yeah, Dominique. You loved it. I Why? Loved it. I loved it's it. It's just numbers. Who
0: cares? Exactly. Well, I think so, yeah. I, I I get so I was gonna jump all over you, but I get that you are partially being somewhat facetious when you say it's just numbers, who cares? Because I No, think I'm not. I'm being genuine. Oh well then who I'm ca- I'm more than willing to jump all please. over you then. Like I think this is sometimes the problem. And I get it. If he gets injured there, it's a terrible situation. I get it. It's a dumb thing to do. It's a risky thing to do. But I do think things like that are small things that do have a value, an emotional value to your team. And you can't measure like continuing that or even going for that. Not being the 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 Belichickian jaded coach that's like, oh, we don't care about winning uh, all these games in a row. We don't care about it. that's like, so- think-
1: that's someone saying something with their chest. If you ask me,
0: that's, I'm just saying. Like I I appreciate those things. I imagine. In the locker room, I remember having this conversation with Jeff Saturday when they had an opportunity to go undefeated, and they got benched because their general manager was like, no, this is not important. He said it was demoralizing. He hated it. They were angry at at their coaching staff and angry at their front office. I do think little stupid things like that matter. And, yes, it's a risk. And, yes, we all would have jumped all over them if he got hurt. However, they're like – it's, it's hard to get big wins like that in your locker room. It's hard to galvanize your team. It's hard to get them to feel like they are all together. And it's really hard to get them to feel like their coach gives or their general manager gives a shit about them because they're treated like they're so, like, replaceable. dispensable, replaceable. Yeah, anyway. Cogs <laughs> in the machine. Yeah. I should start that over so that we can edit it so I don't look no. dumb. But anyway,
2: the, the point is it's a study for the SA team. They're,
0: they're all treated like cogs. And so I think a moment like that is incredibly valuable to your team, to your roster, to that specific player, but more importantly, everyone else on that team. So yeah, I, I like it as a risk to take. And who gives a about the other team's feelings?
1: I don't care about the other team's feelings. I care about your feelings. Right. Like you're, you've already won the game. I, I I don't believe that on that flight back to San Francisco, they played in Jacksonville, if I'm not mistaken, correct? I'm yep. not going to get this wrong. Yep, You got it right. So on that flight back to San Francisco, they won by 30 points. I I, I don't think anybody has their head down I don't think anybody's crying I don't think they're in bad shape and I don't think that would have changed if they had just taken Christian McCaffrey out because everybody in that locker room everybody on that roster knows you have to have a healthy Christian McCaffrey to win the Super Bowl and I don't
0: think that they would there be an open revolt and I think this is one of the most difficult things about coaching or about leading any group of people is the emotional stuff you cannot measure so like I cannot definitively tell you well this is worth 13 team bonding points i don't know mm-hmm. but i do know that when you are on a team or when your boss or when you're in a work environment you're in a family environment when someone does something that goes out of their way that it feels like it is meant to be special for you and they also take a risk in doing it it has value and so i don't know i cannot put it in a spreadsheet so maybe no one out there will appreciate it but i do know <laughs> okay. having been on a team it's nice when somebody does something thoughtful or seems like they care about uh Something more than just whether they win or lose. You are an enigma because, because first of all, half the
2: time you say that all of the rah-rah stuff and the speeches <laughs> are complete. <laughs> Time. Don't matter. But Christian McCaffrey scoring a garbage time touchdown so, okay. is the is the thing that will I love it. <laughs> launch this team into a Super Bowl run. I de-
0: so I, you are fully <laughs> on both sides. So one, I didn't say would we'll launch team into a Super Bowl run, and it's very different. Season's words, over. So listen, words are very different than actions. So I agree. The pregame rah-rah speech does not matter. And I also agree that um, going forward and trying to get Christian this record is not going to, like, translate to big wins. But I do think that there is some value in building your team and doing things that will make them happy and things that are a risk or a sacrifice to you. So, yes, I don't think that pregame speeches are, like, going to win or lose you a game. But I do think that in the weeks coming up, If there is a way to reinforce a culture, a culture that we're all in together, that we all care about, that stuff translates to people being more committed, which I cannot show you evidence of, but I do believe it's something that I feel. Counterpoint, it's no longer a distraction.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Charlie, Charlie, I'm giving you 10 team building points for joining me and picking on Dominique in that segment. We're
0: together. You guys are great. That was great. That was well done. I hate you both.
3: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com D-F today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash D-F.
0: Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
2: I guess let's move on to uh the Texans and Bengals, which is another marquee game of the day. CJ Stroud uh first threw an interception, then Joe Burrow clutched up, and then CJ Stroud re-clutched up. And the Texans won 30-27, launching. It was the win that launched a thousand takes. CJ Stroud is now firmly entrenched. In the MVP debate, guys, I have something to say. Oh, Bill, do you want to say something with your trust on this? No, one? please, oh, no. Charlie please, got a Charlie. test. I,
1: Charlie, you know, I'll even throw you an extra team building point for that one for <laughs> even throwing that my way. Please, Charlie, go ahead, my friend.
2: Thank you. Um, the Texans—they're going to be the team that knocks the Bills out of the postseason this year. The Texans are going to make this. Are going to make. I know, and we have a lot to talk about with this game. But right now, if you look at five, six, seven, eight, and nine in the AFC playoff race. The Steelers, Mm -hmm. who, look, guys, we don't even need to pretend. I wanted to troll Barnwell about this and become a Steelers guy. They're not. They're frauds. They're bad. Um, They're not going to end up in the postseason. The Browns are in the seed. The Texans are in the 7. The Bengals, who I do believe in, are in the 8th seed, and they're getting hot at Mm -hmm. the right time. They'll be there. And then the Bills, with the murderer's row schedule down the stretch, are 5-4. and
1: You just said the Bengals are getting hot at the right time?
2: Yeah, he did say that. That's right. They lost today. It doesn't a good loss. (laughs) he thought we weren't listening
1: it It built their culture i mean this was that's right this was a game that before the year every fan goes through the schedule in may when it gets announced and they're like okay we're checking the victories here before there was not a single Bengals fan god that doesn't matter there's not a single Bengals fan on the planet Uh -uh. that looked at this game and said oh yeah we might lose this one to the texans it might be a trap game nobody said that. You cannot have a good win when you lose a game like that, even given what we know about C.J. Stroud right now, because this game was winnable mm-hmm. for the Bengals. I thought the Texans outplayed them, but the Bengals were sloppy in this game. Joe Burrow had multiple turnovers okay. uh, on the Texan side of the field, I believe. They were in a position to win the game late, and Joe Burrow Depending on who you want to blame, Joe Burrow either missed an open Tyler Boyd for a touchdown or Tyler Boyd dropped a touchdown, but it was a wide open play that should have been seven. They had to settle for three instead, kept the door open just a tiny bit for CJ Stroud, our friend, the MVP candidate to bust through and win the game for the Houston Texans. And that's something Charlie and Dominique (laughs) that the best teams in football do not do. The great teams in the NFL slam the door shut on those teams and don't let those teams on the come up like the Texans win those games. To in, me, this was concerning for the Bengals.
0: In the defense of the Bengals, there are no great teams in football. This year. No, there are no door slammers. I've been looking around the league. There are no door slammers. I guess maybe the Eagles we consider, but we saw them against the Cowboys. They kept propping the door open. The Cowboys wanted to slam the door on themselves, and the Eagles like, hey, we got an extra key. You want to come on in? So, I mean, I – I don't think, to Charlie's point, this was not a good win, but I'm not out on the Bengals. (laughs) I am, however, intrigued by this take, given that the Bengals, or excuse me, given that the um, Texans have a last place schedule, they got some easier games coming forward. If you go to Cincinnati and win, there is no game left on the schedule that they cannot win, given what they've shown so far, and they're a young team that we see getting better as the season goes on. The opposite is true for the Bills. Mm -hmm. They are a team that it seems like, is progressively getting more injured and older and worse. So <laughs> I, I think it's an interesting take position to take. It's a nice, chesty chesty position. I like it.
2: And the reason Oop. I believe in the Bengals over the Bills is because we had legitimate questions. Yes, the Bengals have started. Hold so on, the Texans th- over
0: the Bills? No, so the Bengals over the, the okay. over the Bills for oh, right. the last
2: playoff right, spot, right, right, right. assuming the Texans are in there, is we had legitimate questions a few weeks ago. Can Joe Burrow and his calf get healthy? Can they be a good offense with him? And he has gotten much closer to his form of the past couple years. That covers a lot of their offensive line deficiencies, and their defense with Big Lou has schemed it in a way that's covered up a lot of their issues in the secondary as well.
1: Didn't Big Lou's defense allow like thirty points to the Texans in this game? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm talking the Texans, the Texans, the Texans
0: without uh, uh, Nico
1: Collins, their number one receiver. Yeah,
2: put some respect on their name.
0: On my playoff, on my playoff big board, Texans. That's the team that that put up 30 points. I do, like, I like it because it's a team on the rise versus a team that's falling. It's a hot enough take, but... I would love to say CJ Stroud is our good hands player this week, but he was last week. He's been it a bunch. He's been it twice. Yeah, he and he's first legitimate. Winner. He's a legitimate MVP candidate. Um, we have to find someone else. He's won it too many times. What he's done in this game, and not only did he make a mistake late in the game that he could bounce back from, he made a mistake on the first drive. Like mm-hmm. he fumbled a fourth and one that cost them points. Like the the um Mental strength for a player that young, combined with the people around him being also young and reliant, or very much reliant on their quarterback, like it's, it's really impressive. I would like to say that I remember a couple of weeks ago I kind of said when we established that C.J. Stroud was a legitimate franchise quarterback with the ceiling very high, that I kind of said that the Houston Texans' Super Bowl window is open now, which I still believe it to be the case. But then I started thinking about all the other. Quarterbacks who had great rookie seasons, and not very many of them won Super Bowls within the next uh, few years.
2: Well, funny you should say that. Do you want the list of QBs that have won Rookie of the Year since 2000? Oh, sure. Give it to me. Ben yeah. Roethlisberger in 2004.
0: Championship, they won mm-hmm. one after they beat me in the um, conference championship round. Assholes. That was the next year, though. That
1: was yeah. the following year. I know, rookie but rookie I'm talking contracts. about within the
0: rookie contracts. Um, oh, okay. Vince Young, 2006.
2: Matt Ryan, 2008. Sam mm-hmm. Sam Bradford, 2010. Cam Newton, two thousand eleven; Robert Griffin, two thousand twelve; Dak, twenty sixteen; Kyler Murray, twenty nineteen; and Justin Herbert, twenty twenty. No Big rings, Ben's the
0: outlier. Yeah, no rings. Oh well.
1: You know, I I will say, Dominique, I I know you don't want to give CJ Stroud another uh good hands award but wouldn't it mean a lot to that locker room if (laughs) cj stroud won two weeks in a row and we kept a streak going
0: i do like the idea that we now have a thread throughout the show mocking me about caring about people's feelings i'm fine with that i've positioned myself as the empathetic analyst yes unlimited room in his heart Uh, so much got such a big heart lots of room to care about people because that's how you lead you lead with your heart Mm-hmm. And then you cut them just before they're a little too useless. Well,
1: well their guaranteed money runs out. Uh, do we have. So there, you guys have no concerns about the Bengals. This to you was just like a random oh, loss. Oh. They're fine. They're O-line. Well, what are your concerns yeah. about huge. the Bengals? Huge yeah, yes. O-line
0: concerns. Like they, they – uh, I think their pass rush or pass block win rate was like 45 in this game, which is below league average. The issue with this team is – or that has been the issue with this team since Joe Burrow's gotten there. And they've been trying to address it and fix it and solve it. They can't solve it. And that, to me, is a huge problem. The defensive issues – Uh, You can find ways to work around with good coaching. The biggest problem to me is that they cannot protect their injury-prone quarterback.
1: He did a good job against the 49ers. We were just bragging about having a great pass rush a couple weeks ago, no? I haven't gotten it to the quarterback
0: as much this year. It's a great job, Bill. You are asking questions that you know the answer to. Yeah, it's one game. Good job. Yeah, but So they this can, is
1: only one game. You,
0: no, no you this is no. not only one game. Over the course of the time that he has been there, they've never properly addressed, or they've tried to, but they have not sustained any protection of Joe Burrow. That's the problem to me. And it's not because he holds on to the ball too long because, like, it's pass no, rush win rate and that stuff accounts for how long you hold on to the ball. Because he does, he's prone to try to make big plays. However, they got to keep him off that man. He is not the sturdiest guy.
2: I got a question, Bill. What this is? I want. I just want to flip this t- slightly, and because I have fewer concerns, like I actually do think the Bengals will be there at the end this year. I'm, you know, real hot take here. I'm that in on Joe Burrow. He's that good. Uh, but outside of the Chiefs, who have the trust of everyone because they're the reigning Super Bowl champs and they have Patrick Mahomes, is there a team in the AFC that you definitively trust more than the Bengals?
1: Nope. And that's not a that's not a vote of confidence in the Bengals, it's just more a lack of confidence in everybody else in this conference right now. Like I trust, I don't even trust teams that are bad to be bad as much as I trust. Yeah. Uh, basically teams like the Chargers to be a total mess and totally random from week to week. I, I just, maybe this is me overreacting. I, I think the people on this show are smarter than the average football fan. Some of the people on the show are smarter than the average football fan, but it kind of felt like the entire universe was like, oh, we know what happens for the Bengals after the buy, they start dominating teams. They won two games after their buy and everyone was like, oh, look, I have I, spotted a trend. I will pick up on this trend and I will follow it. And then the Bengals did not follow the trend. That doesn't mean anything that the Bengals won two games after the buy. They're not like they don't get innately better because they had a week off. It's just random that they've been good. They've been healthier. They've had other more tangible reasons than just we happen to get good after the bye. So I I, I don't think the Bengals are a materially different team than the team from the first half of the year mm. outside yeah. of Joe Burrow being healthier.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. But the trend that, I, that does feel uh, that you can rely on it so far this season is as soon as we crown you, you go get your beating a game that you're yeah. not, that you're not should, supposed to lose should yeah. i pivot yeah. to the next one? oh yeah perfect yes. perfect setup see i'm trying to get like bill who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
2: Yeah, we have a streak going of anyone who I ask, are they the best team in the football? They immediately <laughs> lose, and that happened today with Dominique's own Baltimore Ravens, who dropped a game to the Browns that they really should not have lost today. Um, They ended up losing 33-31. Lamar had a couple head-scratching plays Down the stretch, a pick six that we were on a text thread and Bill foretold. He He foretold the pick six. (laughs) Um,
0: Dominique, do you have something about this team that you want to say with your chest? I do. The Baltimore Ravens have yet to be beaten this season. That's all I'm saying with my chest. All all three of their losses this season have been them losing games but not getting beaten. And that, to me, like it sounds like I'm being positive about the Ravens, but it's really negative considering their track record. The last several seasons, there have been – games that they had under control. And this, like, bucks one of my favorite things that Charlie's already made fun of me about is, like, institutional stability and teams running, doing things the right way. You know the teams that don't blow late-game leads that often? The teams that do things the right way. I think we all would agree that the Ravens are a well-run organization. But damn, if they didn't blow a game last year that they should have won to, what was it, the Raiders in week one, or at least early in the season, then it was to the Dolphins that they had a big lead in the at the end. They did it twice this season to the Steelers in uh, to the Colts and then they do it again and this one was more shocking than I think any of those other ones were because the way that it all fell apart so yeah they they are not trustworthy they are a team that can I feel like no one is better than them but they are very capable of beating themselves no one's better than them when they are playing as well as they can play
1: right but even in those moments when they're playing as well as they can play I'm still not confident like I'm still scared there's going to be one thing that breaks the other team's way and suddenly this team is going to collapse and I'm not saying that they're not mentally tough because I don't think that's a real thing but I do think I know publicly I know a lot of people watching the Ravens have that feeling of like oh no it's happening again and we were texting about it during this game it was happening and we saw it like, like it was no shock. Once the Ravens started missing open touchdown passes, once they threw that pick six, I don't think anybody was surprised that the Ravens lost this game. And I got to figure if we're thinking that publicly, there have to be at least some people in that locker room feeling the same way about it. No. I mean,
0: today's game didn't feel like a collapse to me. And sometimes they do feel like collapses, but it, felt like a lot of things going wrong at the end. Like the tip ball interception wasn't a collapse, but it was the only way that they could lose that game. And the problem is there's, they made a lot of other mistakes and when the break, so they had a break at the beginning of the game, the tip ball interception for a touchdown that set them up to win the game. And that's a random thing Mm -hmm. that you cannot say, Hey, we play such good defense that we could tip the ball through ourselves and intercept it for a touchdown. Like eight out of 10 times. If you tip a a ball, it's going to hit the ground at some point. So it just when I'm watching the game, it does not feel like an implosion. And all of their implosions look different. So it's not like I can say it's always on this particular facet. Like we thought the defense was great, but the defense couldn't stop them. They did get a sack fumble on the game-winning drive, but they couldn't recover it. And that's one of those Mm -hmm. random lucky things. I will point out this one thing, though, that you said that was absurd, that you don't believe mental toughness is a thing. All right, so that's craziness. Mental toughness is absolutely a thing. It's a real thing, 100%.
1: I'm not in position to criticize anyone else's mental toughness. Let me frame it that way.
0: Okay, I mean, maybe you can or can't, but it's a real thing. Like, I think if you put a different name on it that was less football-y, you'd be less opposed to the idea that some people are more resilient than others. And I do think that part of what you're saying is if the thought is in their head— you said it has to be creeping in some people's heads. That is mm-hmm. the opposite of mental toughness. So you can't one say that the thought has to be creeping in some people's head and then say that there's no such thing as mental toughness. That's all.
1: I, I did not say there's such no such thing as mental toughness. I just worry. want to okay. point that out. It'll, I just said I'm not. Welcome I'm not to the family. You're being it. gaslit by
0: Dominique. So it's only <laughs> gaslighting when one person does it. But when you guys do it to me, it's not gaslighting. Huh? What do you call it then? When you gang up on me and make up something that I didn't say.
1: Spencer Spencer was talking about Dominique this week on Twitter and like how vicious he can be, and I realized this. Like I love Dominique, but I know I the only the only way to talk with Dominique, the only way to interact with Dominique, is to be on the attack twenty four seven at all times. Because otherwise, you're gonna get it. You, ha- you have to put Dominique on the defensive. Let's go. From the start to this the is end. a
0: yes. This is a mentally tough show. Iron sharpens iron. Bring your when you're coming to talk to me, Billy Barnwell. And we all get better,
2: Bill. There have been times when Dominique has just said like really nice things to me, where he's like, "Hey, hey, you did good in that moment." I'm like, "Oh my god, he thinks I f- suck." This <laughs> is like the
0: biggest reveal. But when I come for your neck, you know it means I'm, I love oh, you. That's exactly I love right. You. <laughs> what shoes well, f- so. you got on today? <laughs>
1: This is why i don't i don't have my feet on the camera right now <laughs> um, oh man now, can you now, the Fox now,
0: now he's see feet? the worst thing is now i gotta buy charlie new shoes because i feel bad we're I, making fun of his shoes is, he's
2: giving me and jeff
0: saturday a makeover in oh, new yeah. york in a couple of weeks we got to we're doing oh, wow.
2: a makeover yep um that's can i nice can i give you guys a, a fun stat that's floating around twitter that please this is uh the five teams that have spent the least time trailing in the first 10 games of the season over the last 40 years. The 2023 Ravens are third on that list for cumulative time uh, trailing over their first 10 games. They're with the 1984 Dolphins, 1998 Broncos, 1990 Giants, and 2007 Patriots. Every team but the Ravens was 10-0 at this point in the season. So there is some statistical anomaly stuff going on here that they have lost three games.
1: We solved it. They're yeah. mentally weak. Dominique, you can you can you're gonna put your name on that because it's a real thing. That's the only explanation, right? Like what else could it be?
0: Uh yeah, I don't know. I, I mean I, I don't know. It, <laughs> it it I I would I, I don't think I understand exactly what it is. If it was always the same way, it'd be easy to point to exactly what's going on i it's luck it's random when you say it's a statistical anomaly that suggests randomness to me not something that reflects on this team specifically but i guess you could also say that this team is uniquely built to um to fail in those moments
1: but but this is not like you're right that is happening in a different way each week but this is not a one-year thing yeah this has been the case for the ravens for multiple seasons now and we don't think they have a bad coach. I think we all agree John Harbaugh is a very good head coach. It's not like they're lacking talent. It's not like they're, you know, dealing with a they have injuries, but not dealing with a ton of injuries relative to other teams, relative to years past for the Ravens. It's not like Tyler Huntley is in a quarterback. But to me, I, I like I have to see them win a Super Bowl again before I'm going to believe in this team. They could run the table between now and the Super Bowl, and I would still be sitting here the day of the Super Bowl. Even if I picked them to win, scared that they were going to collapse because I've just seen it happen too many times now. And to Dominic's point, you're right. They're beating themselves in those moments. and That's just exhausting to watch as someone who wants to see them win.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I I mean, I wish I knew what it was, but imagining them putting together three weeks in a row in the playoffs of where they do not find some late game collapse, like that seems hard to believe. And then do it again in the Super Bowl if they're not the one seed? Like that is very hard to imagine. You could easily imagine the Chiefs putting something like that together. I mean, we've seen uh, the Bengals do damn near the same thing. But Mm -hmm. the Ravens – and the the wildest thing about it is we always thought – that they were the team that was most well-constructed to put a game away because of mm-hmm. their running attack and mm-hmm. because right now they're the best pass rush in football. There should be no team better at holding on to a lead, which I guess we've proven that they are really great at holding on to a lead until the last minute. <laughs>
1: anyway. The last 40 seconds. Charlie, can you get me a stat, please? I have a question and a criticism to raise of our friend Jarn Habah. How many touches did Keaton Mitchell get in this game? for the Baltimore Ravens, because I don't know if you saw Dominique early in that game. Keenan Mitchell is a fast man. He ran for, I think, a 31-yard touchdown, 39-yard touchdown in this game, made two defenders miss an open space. And then how many touches did he get over the rest of the game? I I mean, before Charlie... Four
0: four total touches.
2: Yeah,
1: Four?
0: I mean, in in defense, in defense of Harbaugh, Keenan Mitchell had a touchdown pass, hit him... Who Keaton? Keaton, yeah. All right. Keaton Mitchell had a touchdown pass hit him in the chest in the end zone, and that was the last time they gave him the ball. Catch the ball, Keaton.
1: He can't, can't, can't drop a touchdown pass if you're getting handed it. That's what handoffs are for. <laughs> That's fair, him the damn fair ball is a running fair back. Point. Fair point. All right. Uh, do, we, do we have any, anything to say about the Browns, or is this just strictly the Ravens beating themselves? Do the we, Browns enter into the equation at all here?
2: We should, because especially considering how rough it looked in the first half for Deshaun Watson, and then he went 14 for 14, oh. 134 yards, mm-hmm. touchdown What in the does that half? sound like
1: to you when, when he was struggling and there was adversity and he overcame it? What, is that, the what team, could that be?
0: The team itself. I think that defense is only unit over that I can give credit to that's consistently uh, impressive in Miles Garrett. yeah I mean, the, I do think people see this as a defining win for the Browns Browns do yeah they should I mean it's a really impressive win in Baltimore on the road it also feels like the same thing happened last year with the Dolphins like that was the win that launched the Dolphins into believing that they could be competitive and good and uh led them to becoming mentally tough so this could be a catalyst win for uh for the Browns also I still don't feel all that confident maybe uh I watched that game live and at no point did I feel like, man, they got this figured out on offense. Like It, it just didn't feel like it to me. It didn't feel like, uh, and I guess it was because there was a lot of watching and scrambling and stuff like that, but it didn't feel like they had cracked the code on the offense. The defense is the defense, and they ended up being a main major reason why they were in this game at the end. Uh, or, yeah, they were competitive at the end, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it'll be the catalyst, but it didn't feel like they figured anything out to me. I have no idea
2: what to think because it's like we had a half of football, Deshaun Watson playing at a really high level after he's been bad for most of this season. So it's and hurt. Yeah. And hurt, and he hurt his left ankle in the second half of this game. And yeah, is, is he, he almost for next week.
1: He was late coming out of the locker room in the first half. There mm-hmm. was people tweeting that PJ Walker was going to start the second half. PJ Walker, I believe came on the field to throw that hail Mary yes. at the end yes. of the first half, which, you have a $230 million quarterback, and I guess he's hurt and he can't throw the ball downfield. Probably not a good sign. Um, I, I'm the Browns are in a big group of teams for me, Charlie, that fit into uh, maybe a phrase I want to say with my chest as we move on here. Am I allowed to do that? I- yes, of oh, course. I-, yeah, yeah, I-,
0: yeah, I-, I-, I was, I was, I was I, the, the pause pregnancy was just growing.
3: I was waiting for you to drop the bomb on us. Anybody who did not trade
1: for Joshua Dobbs at the trade deadline and has a quarterback who sucks <laughs> <laughs> should be forced to publicly apologize. (laughs)
0: Great chess. Great voice.
2: Can that actually pivot us to guys? Put your hands up. Throw them up. And now it's time for a good hands moments presented by Allstate. Josh Dobbs had a lot of good hands moments today. Josh Dobbs had about 268 yards. A touchdown through the air. A touchdown on the ground. The pastor or not. He didn't know his teammates names a couple of weeks ago. He was learning the calls on the sideline. He was taking his first snaps and the Vikings. Hold off another heroic victory today. And Bill Barnwell, we heard your take. But do you have more on the Vikings and the Josh Dobbs experience and how good this team can be and how is he doing this? People like Dominique have told us that football is a complicated game and us mere mortals can't understand what a quarterback has to do to succeed. And Josh Dobbs, he needs like three days and two snaps to the center to do it.
1: Josh Dobbs is fast. Josh Dobbs is smart. And there's like six plays you need to learn to be an NFL quarterback. He knows those six plays. He's fine. You got to know boot. You got to know like mesh. You got to know forverts. If you know that stuff, you'll be fine. I, I, Josh Dobbs is just a well prepared, smart, thoughtful quarterback. And that's what makes the, the fact that nobody was willing to offer more than that so frustrating because. We literally saw him do this 8 weeks ago. We saw him take over the Cardinals who don't have the talent the Vikings have, who don't have the coaching the Vikings have. We saw him take over that team and prove he can win and be competitive despite the fact that he didn't know his teammates' names, despite the facts that everybody had left them for dead. And that is infuriating to me because you have so many general managers making millions of dollars who have these Billion dollar teams they're running. And yet they couldn't be bothered. It was too much work to trade a sixth round pick straight up for Josh Dobbs or possibly give up a fifth round pick because you know they're going to be so valuable. And I'm not always the biggest fan of what the Vikings did. But remember, they made this trade not knowing they were going to need Josh Dobbs. Or sorry, no, they did make this trade knowing they were going to need Josh yeah. Dobbs. But they made this trade not expecting Joshua Dobbs to step in immediately and be their guy. And yet he's still been able to do that. And that's a credit to everybody involved.
0: So I agree with you, Bill. Everyone who did not um, at least give uh, the Cardinals a call and think about Josh Dobbs should be called to the carpet. However, do you think that Josh Dobbs is the long-term answer? Because I think right now there are people in Minnesota who are considering that. And I think the defense of some of these other places is they see the pastronaut as a cute story, but they do not see him as the long-term solution. And if you look at his numbers so far this season, he's been up and down, but never quite like dominant. So that doesn't mean that he is not the long-term answer, but I think that's what people are seeing as him as at best a bridge quarterback, not even to the level of like Geno Smith earning yourself a uh, a semi long term contract.
1: I, I, what do you see from Joshua Dobbs' play that is lacking? Like, does he have a superstar arm? No, but not every quarterback has a superstar arm. I think he makes good decisions generally with the football. I think he can create out of structure. Clearly, he's smart. Clearly, he's um, not just like book smart, but clearly football yeah. smart in terms of learning things and picking stuff up quickly. He's done it twice now. Um, you know, I, 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 I think. Does he have every single trait you look for in a quarterback? No, but we're not very good at judging quarterbacks. And I think when you have quarterbacks who are not six foot four guys who um, are traditional pocket passers, you're going to poke holes in them. And I think that's what my problem is here is that you had a player who was, you know, a guy who was going to create more scrambling, was going to create more as a runner. And people found excuses to not value him that way. So. If he keeps doing this, like whether they make it to the playoffs, whether they win every game or not, if he can be this caliber of player for the rest of the year, I think absolutely you give him that Geno Smith contract and see if he can do it again in 2024.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I, I think I was doing my best to create the devil's advocate argument, man. but um, he what he has done on the field is enough to project, so far what I've seen, enough to project that he's worth giving a shot, given that what and, we look at for lots of other quarterbacks is what they've done not in the nfl projects them and hope that they could put together a couple of games like josh jobs just did in back-to-back weeks
1: and he's doing this with no justin jefferson he's now lost his starting running back in back-to-back games came acres his achilles last week this week alexander madison left with a concussion like the vikings were not a great team without him i don't know that they were a great team with him but they were a pretty good team for the last year and a half with a quarterback making a ton of money. And now they have a quarterback who's making pretty much nothing relative to Kirk cousins. And they look maybe just as good, maybe a tiny bit better. Is it fair to say?
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, we started with this talking about quarterback, quarterback expectations, Josh Dobbs, who would have thought 10 weeks into the season, Josh Dobbs has had a better year
0: than Trevor Lawrence
1: he's had a better year than a lot of yeah, quarterbacks
0: had a pretty great year especially he's had if you, a better
1: year than joe burrow
0: yeah if you control for expectations <laughs> there's not very many people out here who can compare to him this year as far as the quarterback's concerned yeah i mean and he, he's fun to root for it's going to be if he gets the big contract or a bigger contract or gets a team that's legitimate handed to him It's going to be a lot less fun experience, so let's Mm -hmm. live in the now. Let's keep calling in the past (laughs) or not and enjoying Josh Dobbs. When the expectations change, the enjoyment changes I just
2: love that he's literally the guy who gets to play all-time QB in the touch football (laughs) game. You can put him anywhere. (laughs) He's going to go out there and throw some dimes. Um, Guys. I have enough. We're taping this to the audience. We're taping Uh this during Sunday night football. Oh no! No! Oh no! I don't like this. No, this is gonna make me mad. Aaron Rodgers has told NBC that he plans to return by (sighs) mid-December. Okay. Anything you'd like to say with your chest
0: about that, Dominique? Um, I'd like to say that December is a month of miracles. So uh, (laughs) let's let's hope that. Well, I don't think that Aaron. There's no chance that Aaron Rodgers believes in miracles. I mean, to me, it feels. So I defended Aaron Rodgers originally when he started talking about he was going to come back because, again, back to what I think has become the theme of the show, is I believe that there was some psychic value to his team in encouraging them to believe <laughs> that he was coming back. It's a, I think it's real. I think it's real. Like, hold down the fort, guys. I'll be back. And I didn't think he actually believed it. And he also gave voice to the idea that I need to have a goal in order for me to like go to the to rehab and work really hard i need to have a goal and i agree with that also as value
2: so you're in However, the you're in the locker room you're a jets cornerback and aaron mm-hmm. rodgers is like i'm going to listen to dolphin sex noises to li- to fix my achilles and you're like all right i can run through the wall i am motivated to play now i have something to, i have
1: something to live for Plus 16 building points for Aaron Rodgers saying he's going to come back on his Achilles in four months.
0: Oh, I appreciate that you guys are making a mockery of this. It makes me seem even more smart or even smarter because even more smartest there because you guys clearly don't understand. And it just like Bill, you of all people should not fall into this trap. This is an obvious nerd trap that makes I nerds look silly, that seems like they believe that everything is a video game and that you can numbers everything out. There are emotional things that we cannot value. And so yes, saying he loses the dolphin noises and jumping from that to saying now I have a reason to live is an absurd thing to say. But if <laughs> you, you don't think that it is realistic, Charlie, if I give you a 10 pound weight and I say you need to hold this for an hour, and then I say, you know what? hold it for 15 minutes you will find no chance some on either in- way okay either way you will find a little bit more energy to hold it for that time like i believe that's a thing okay. you can fight okay. through so that's
1: the same thing it's reasonable okay. it makes sense no. okay but charlie what if i played dolphin sex noises for 15 minutes while you're <laughs> oh. listening to it would that increase your i'd hold it for i'd hold it for hours but, like uh, like that that's that's the difference here so like, yeah I I, I, like, like, Dominic. Did we not go through the Broncos last year, where Russell Wilson was literally like doing, uh, what was he doing on the airplane? Knees,
2: knees down the. He aisle. was doing the
1: highness in the plane. Are you telling me that the Broncos defense were like, man? I'm going to say it with my chest. I believe in Russell Wilson. We're going to be good. How did that work out for the Broncos last year, dude?
0: Every situation is different. And Russell, You're Wilson, right. Russell Wilson does not have the cachet. He did not have the cachet in that locker room that Aaron uh, Rodgers did. We saw – no, he didn't. It was clear. Okay, You heard the, what, how they talked about him and – a team. yeah like they talked that's about true, him uh, in, a, in a different way than the way that these guys talk about Aaron Rodgers and we had this glimpse in the hard knocks they really believe in him and so I don't know how he delivers this message but I do believe that there's some obvious value to giving them something to some tangible belief however I, I, you guys stopped me before I could get to my point now it seems like he really believes it. Yeah, three and that, months. Post, <laughs> three and, yeah. and a half months so, post the like, killer injury. I was excusing it by saying, no, he's trying to give himself a goal, and he's trying mm-hmm. to motivate his team. He doesn't actually believe it. I find it very hard to believe. Now, every thing has to happen the first time. This would be the first time. I don't know if he has some insight that we don't have. We can all wait and see. Fortunately, I don't have to predict this. I think it sounds absurd uh but we'll see. I guess can he step out on the field? Sure. Is it going to be smart? Hell
2: no. But we'll see. Cam Akers came back in under six months when he played running back in the. Yeah. He was,
1: he was, he was the thing that I feel bad saying this because I'm really impressed that he came back. He almost cost the Rams that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He was the worst player on the field in multiple games during that Super Bowl run, and. I don't want to be disrespectful to Cam Akers. Very tough guy. Impressed that he came back. Mental toughness. It was not a helpful thing. Mental toughness is a real thing. <laughs> I did not say otherwise. Yeah, There's no videotape suggesting to that fact. I, I just, if you're the Jets and you're the people in that locker room, the only thing that would be more crushing than having Aaron Rodgers tear his Achilles now, or Achilles in September, is tearing it again. In December, and then being stuck with maybe not having Aaron Rodgers for 2024, and that's my concern is that you have Aaron Rodgers coming back. It's not going to be coming back for like a 13 and two Jets team. It's not going to be coming back for hey a team that is in the postseason. Like, what's he going to come back for a Jets team that's like eight and eight that that's going to be the six or seven seed in the AFC? Like, you really think the Jets are are even an Aaron Rodgers away from being like a serious competitor right now?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible that he believes it. It's possible. Um, what seems more more probable is all the other alternatives like it seems more probable that he just wants to stay in the story like it seems more (laughs) probable that he wants to motivate his team like those things seem more likely than he's actually going to step on the field and be a productive player Uh, we've seen him do these pregame drop back throws and whatever but I think it's obvious to all of us that even though it may be impressive that he's capable of doing that, that ain't football. And the way he started his season, as unfortunate as it was, he was holding onto the ball a long time, longer than he had to, and moving around, doing, attempting to do athletic things. So if he were Peyton Manning or played that style of ball, where Peyton would throw it away once he, especially when he was in Denver, as soon as anything was a problem, get rid of it.
1: The Phillip Rivers.
0: Yeah, that's not Aaron Rodgers. And I I don't know that he's going to change his style of play, but it just seems like all bad. Even if he is capable of coming back, to your point, Bill, it seems like then he's going to be out next year too, or at least slow down his recovery and hurt their chances the following season. I don't like it. I don't either. Thanks a lot for ruining the show, Charlie.
1: Hmm. yeah we, we were really on a high everyone was was vibing it felt like we had a really good team dynamic going yep. and now a
0: lot of team building points were earned today you guys should be mentally yep. tougher than that you're right you're right we were <laughs> going to persevere through bounce back well done charlie <laughs> that's all i got Not anything else okay you don't want to talk about bill belichick uh, you don't want to talk about i don't about- want to say
2: that with my chest but the thing <laughs> is I, I was trying to type out takes that i wasn't gonna say with my chest but you know the colts lost to the page the colts beat the patriots 10-6 Ugh.
0: Yeah. They should have left Phil Belichick in Germany. <laughs> Ooh. That sounds like a tweet. Like, I feel like yeah, that's when yeah. they say should have been an email, like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't want to. You, no, no, no. You, I pulled, know you're you right. bullied me into no, the no, bad no, no, thing. No, I, I was it. agreeing <laughs> with you. I also would like to say that I'm proud of you that we did not get to Travis Kelsey <laughs> in yeah. this show. I, I, Ooh. Well done, sir. I really,
2: uh, Bill, I'll open up the kimono here. I, uh, I was trying to ask Dominique, I was like, Travis Kelsey, he's in Argentina on the bye week. You're in the locker room. Is that a distraction? Is someone really, like, are you elbowing another defensive back and being like, this guy, is he really committed to winning? And oh, Dominique what? goes like, hell no. He's all Hall of Famer, best guy best guy of the moms on the team. Don't ever debut that take in public.
0: <laughs> anyway, so um, thank you, Bill, for joining us, and thank you, Charlie. And, of course, thank you, Allstate. This has been the Dominique Foxworth Show presented by Allstate. Throw your hands up. Um, thank you to all our great producers in Podville for giving us this wonderful studio. Shout out Megan, Serafina, Kevin, Brian, and I guess Cortez too. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.